0: David Clayton Thomas, Blood, Sweat, and Tears, and Spinning Wheel. So this is one of those songs from my childhood. My dad had the record, and the minute he played it for me, it was like, wow. Great brass, good saxophone in this tune as well. Good song. It's uh, live from Studio 5 on AMI-audio. On a Canadian Tunes Tuesday, I'm Mike Ross along with Joey Gupta, And uh, every Tuesday... At this time, we welcome in Montreal-based tech expert Mark Aflalo to the program, who gives us an in-depth look at what's making news in the world of technology. Mark, good to have you back. How you doing?
1: I'm good. Good morning. How
0: was your uh, hockey night last night, Mike? Uh, it ended very well. Didn't yeah. start great um, with Boston scoring first, and it was like, oh, no. <laughs> Moments but <our> later. Guys, <laughs> but our guys fought back, doggone it. And and well what's, I'll tell you what was really impressive was uh, they had a goal disallowed, And they still managed to score a couple more and and, uh, force a seventh game. So exciting times for sure. Um, Let's talk about uh, something a little less pleasant, tax time. (laughs) (laughs) A couple more days. Uh, Yes, yes. And uh, Canadians can now use PayPal to pay their taxes on the uh, CRA website. So um, tell us about this new option.
1: Uh, this is interesting, this is it was announced last week, and it, the, the goal here is to uh, make paying your taxes as easy and painless as possible, and uh, they are Canada Revenue Agency is now allowing you to pay with your PayPal account. So if you happen to transact, a lot of people use eBay and use PayPal for different things. If you have money in your PayPal account, you can actually use that to pay your taxes. The goal here is obviously to, to ease the stress of tax season and give people alternative ways of doing things digitally so they don't have to worry about missing debt deadlines and, and facing penalties. So uh, the government's really excited to be working with PayPal and just giving people a different option to uh, to pay their taxes. They're saying more than 80% of Canadians um, you know, already ret- do their returns electronically. So this gives you another aspect, another way to do it. The only thing to note here is that you will be charged a little bit more, 2.29%, what they call convenience fees, basically what PayPal takes in order to do so. So it's a, it's a good choice depending on how much you owe.
2: Well, uh,
0: maybe. Sorry, just want to interrupt for uh, for a second. Just for some breaking news here uh, that uh, the uh, the suspect uh, arrested in connection with the van attack yesterday uh, has been charged with ten counts of first degree murder and thirteen counts of attempted murder. Um, the uh, news just uh, breaking uh, from a Toronto courthouse uh, this morning. So, thank you.
2: Now, it's important to uh, to keep everyone posted on that news. But just going back to the PayPal story, uh, you're saying that the advantage is it gives Canadians uh, a few more options. But is it really giving somebody an option when, you know, they have to pay, uh, uh, what did you say, another 2.29 percent? I mean, for somebody who may already be bogged down with a lot of taxes, this may not reasonably be an option they can avail themselves off, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, it really depends on how much you, you owe. I mean, if you owe a thousand dollars, two point two nine is only twenty two dollars. So it really depends on the amount that you owe. If you owe ten thousand dollars, obviously that's you know it's going to go up incrementally. But it, it's really about the convenience, and that's why they call it a convenience fee. Some people are scared of online banking, and some people use PayPal because they don't want to be you know exposing their their entire financial world to to the rest of the world. So this is just gives them another option to do it, and that 2.29, again, really depends on how much you owe.
0: Um, I, I'm looking at this, and I'm wondering about the security of it all, right? And, and, and I'm only asking because I know that there are people out there that are going to say, how safe is it to use PayPal when dealing with the CRA because the CRA has had its own issues with uh, website security in the past.
1: Well it'll actually add a level of security above and beyond what you would normally do with the Canada Revenue Agency because PayPal number one has a lot of insurance in place so there's a lot of fraud protection there as well but it also gives you the option to use things like credit cards so um, whereas if you go to the Canada Revenue Agency you have to actually pay cash or you know transfer directly from your account whereas if you're using PayPal you can choose different funding methods depending on what you're doing Doing. And a lot of people use PayPal, not necessarily to not, not hide money, but just to, to keep money separate from their day-to-day transactions. So if you have a balance there, some people have a couple hundred bucks in a balance there, and if that's all you owe to the government, it's a good way to, to kind of keep it separate. So some people might look at this and say, you know what, it's actually, uh, it seems a little bit of a safer method for them to do it. Right. Hmm. Okay.
2: Now, sticking to safety as a theme, but you know, let's hit the road. A, uh, distracted driving is still a concern uh, in the U.S. Obviously, but here in Canada as well, droves of people driving with you know half an eye with, with half their attention on the street and the rest of it on their text message. Um, Apple has now brought in a do not disturb feature on their devices. How is this going to reduce the incidence of distracted driving? Well,
1: number one, the first thing, you know, the National Highway uh, Traffic Safety Administration found that if you take your eyes off the road for even five seconds, it's the equivalent of driving blindfolded through a couple of football fields. That that's pretty pretty dramatic and it could be pretty devastating depending on what road you're on and if you're not paying attention to it. So the feature on iOS devices basically looks for movement, and when you're actually moving beyond a certain speed, it's gonna turn on do not disturb while driving. This is a feature that you can turn off in settings, but what it'll do is when you receive a text message or a phone call, it's not gonna distract you by having that pop up. It will actually give you the option if you've already set it up, or you'll be able to set it up the first time, to actually automatically text someone and say, hey, I'm driving, I'll get back to you in a couple minutes. And when you stop moving, when you actually get, you know, parked or wherever you might be, um, it'll tell you exactly with notifications, what you missed and how you missed it. They're saying it's already dropped down about 8% reduction in road casualties and road accidents, which doesn't sound dramatic, but in in you know the 41% of iPhone users that you know use the feature, it's a pretty dramatic number. Eight percent is is something more than we we've ever had before, quite honestly. So it's another way that they're looking to obviously remove the feature. Plus, there's a lot of people didn't even know the feature existed uh, in the first place. So it's one of these things that if you turn it on, um, you know it's there and you can turn it off. But if you don't know it's there, it's going to be on automatically to try. And convince people that, you know, using that phone while driving is just absolutely not smart.
0: You know what I like about uh, people who've already used it, Mark, is that when uh, someone texts them uh, while driving and they see that message, um, it's sort of delivering a message right back at you saying, hey – you know what? That person that you're texting, smart. You, yeah, you not dumb, so smart exactly. Right now, <laughs> so yeah. uh, it, it's a very uh, teachable moment there as well. Uh, LG Appliances now playing nicely with both Alexa and Google Assistant. So, uh, what's the deal here uh, with the uh, with this partnership?
1: So LG has a whole brand and brand of appliances that have this new technology called ThinQ, and it's their AI that's being used throughout their appliances, whether it be a refrigerator. Think of things like a washer or a dryer. Or- dishwasher and it's actually going to play well with both Alexa and Google Home and allow you to do things and get insights into things that are going on in your home. For example if the wash ends or if the dryer ends you can actually get a notification on your device. You can even restart that if you want to. I don't know about you but I'm washing a lot of winter clothes for my kids now Mm -hmm. or jackets and stuff like that. So I have to turn the dryer cycle on a couple more times because it's never enough. Now you actually be able to control that with your smart device. Obviously you're going to have to turn those features on. It's not something that's automatically there. So you limit the use and it only works within the same wireless network. So you don't have to worry about people trying to get in from the outside and controlling your appliances. This isn't one of these doomsday scenarios. It's just really a convenience feature that they're adding for both the Google Home and the Amazon Alexa, which means that, you know, especially in Canada with Google Home being the most popular, uh, it's going to be way more popular in Canada.
0: Mark, always a pleasure uh, catching up with you. Thanks for these stories. Uh, Pretty interesting stuff. We'll talk to you next week.